Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome everyone to episode 19, where we are coming at you live from London and... And from Broadstairs. <laughs> from Broadstairs. I've got to say, it's sunny Broadstairs today, Steve. It's great out here. Is it? It's, it's yeah, a bit yeah. cloudy, but I think the sun's poking through here in London. So hopefully yeah. we'll both have pretty good Lovely days. Day. Yes. This is a first for us, everyone. This is, this is very, very funny. Normally, you're sitting just opposite me, as people know <laughs> if they've seen the uh, YouTube. Uh, but now, it's quite weird. It is a bit strange. I mean, with, <laughs> with the power of technology, we're talking over our computers. That's right. In two completely different places. And it seems it seems like it's seamless. But we'll see how it comes out, really, on the, on the recording. But it seems okay. We're professionals now, Steve. We, we won't have a problem. Absolutely, we don't. We don't <laughs> need passwords. <laughs> we don't need to be in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, obviously, we will be recording a podcast back at the studio, but in this instance, um, we wanted to make sure you had an episode this week and didn't want to miss out. So we thought we'd make it work and we'd get Skype going, which is fantastic. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to it, so let's, let's get on with let's it. Get, let's get going. So this week, I wanted to ask Dad uh, a question. So I've asked him, what are the easiest animals for you to draw? Because I know animals are not initially what you started out doing. You initially started doing landscapes. That's right. But you obviously are very well known for doing your animal portraits. Yeah. So what are the easiest animals or the best animals, or perhaps those are two different questions. Let's start with, what's the easiest animal to draw with pastel pencils, you find? Well, the easiest animals, first of all, are portraits, okay, rather than whole animals. Right. Whole animals present a whole host of problems. But so we're looking at the portrait. That is the head and the shoulder of an animal. All right. right. Um, and the best ones are probably a tabby cat. I found that in the workshops, when I ever did a workshop for the first time at a venue, and they were completely new to me, these people, I used to take a tabby cat along, because you have so many different colours in it, and as long as you get the line drawing right, you really have just got to fill it up, you know, there's, mm. not, there's lots of problems. And so they are, and then next to that, I would say a tiger. Really? Yeah, because exactly the same thing, you see. As long as they haven't got their mouth open, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Not for people who are starting out, anyway. Have you done um, any? Have you done any pictures with cats in their mouths or tigers in their mouths open? I don't know if you've, I've seen oh, you. Yes, yes. Would you remember the prowling tiger had his? Oh, of course, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, for that, yeah. So that's a bit trickier. Anything like that is tricky. Uh, anybody, any animal that's growling causes facial distortion and that can be a bit of a problem cool. can stuff. you can you imagine a growling tiger i think you should do a growling tiger picture i tell you what it, it it's true it would work but i have reservations about it because of the reality of pastel pencils yeah i think it would be scary do you know once i i digress a minute but it's important because i should forget it otherwise i had a gorilla and I did this gorilla. You know the one I talked about a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, I did. And that original gorilla was scary. Mm. Now, the reason it was scary, when I did my workshops in the gallery here, people used to come from all over and attend it. And one of the particular ladies who used to come asked me if she could have her back 
to the griller, which was actually on my wall, because it was scaring her too much. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's true. Sometimes, you know, in a, in a picture, pastel pencils particularly, create a reality. Mm. And you can get quite scary. Now, I'm just imagining a growling tiger or a growling lion. It would be too scary to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I, I, I think the prowling tiger worked very well because although he wasn't growling, he was just sort of panting, I expect, walking mm. along through the jungle, panting. But a growling tiger would have facial distortions which would create a much more reality check than mm. you know, normal. So tigers, tiger cats. Tigers, so anything from like the cat family, kind of that kind of cats. No, 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 that, that, no not Black cats, white cats, plain the tortoiseshell cat that I did a little mm. while ago. Now, that's a tricky one because where you have distinct stripes in a tabby cat, you distinct areas you could fill in. Mm. When you have uh, mixtures, like the Persian cat was another one, these are, these are trickier. So not anything from a cat family, no. Um, the tigers and, to a certain extent, the lions aren't too bad because that lion was fairly easy. Uh, but anything that's a plain animal, no, really. Yeah. That's hard. Plain but it's fun, I tell you. It's mm. a lot of fun. Plainer animals are hard, and the stripy, more colourful animal. well, yeah. not more colourful, the more colourful cats. Yes. Um, I mean, I know this because when people email me and they're starting out, they say, what's my best animal? Which, which would you suggest I do? And yeah. I always suggest... Either a tiger or a cat. Okay. You know, the one in our starter pack range. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they're the easiest okay. ones. They're the easiest. Okay, so on the flip side of that then, tell us what's the hardest pack, uh, hardest animal to draw. Rhinoceros. <laughs> that's and a nice. Do I know that? That's a nice segue. <laughs> that's a nice little segue into something else that we want to mention a bit later. So, yeah, carry on. No, the rhinoceros or an elephant. Now, both of those two are really tricky. And the reason they're tricky is because you have hide rather than fur, you know. Whenever you've got something that uh, has sort of like a scaly or a rough skin like that, you have a problem with it. And the elephant, even more, I think, than the rhinoceros would be a problem. It's a problem. Has been a problem. But I get over it. Yeah, so so that's going to be really interesting to see how you cope with that because this would be... A project that's obviously coming to the members' site is uh, oh. a, a, the Rhino project, and so we're going to get to see how you tackle the texture of hides, yeah, you know, of, of something that isn't well, fair. Yeah, once again, Steve, it, it's all a question really of impressionism. You, that's what you've got to do. You've got to look at the reference picture that you've got, and then you've got to say, How am I going to best represent this in yeah. art? So you have to look at it and change what you see. But you have to change it in such a way that it still looks all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is where the rhinoceros uh, picture is going to be fantastic for people to do. They're they're going to struggle. I'm sorry, I have to say that. They are going to struggle, but they're going to love it because it's challenging, you know? And I I do go into all the detail, you know, and I do go close-ups and so on. So people are going to get the very best possible tuition on this. And... It looks stunning. 
when it's done. Excellent. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for you to be able to reveal it and uh, we can get it underway. Just today, actually, because we're recording this on Saturday. It's it's just today that I've announced that we've got you know the next project starting. So I've, I've still got to edit the footage and things like that. What you've given me so far. So there's still a long way to go with getting it up on the site. But people will be able to start the project in two weeks today. So. Um, <laughs> Gosh, yeah. So I bet they're all looking forward to it. I bet they are. Yeah. So when, when this goes out on Monday, um, it will be uh, a week on that Saturday coming up. So, yeah. so that's coming soon to you. So that's great. So okay, that's really interesting because I think it's especially anyone listening to podcasts that maybe hasn't even done started pastel pencils yet. You know, mm. it's it's interesting for them to know what's easy, what's hard, what they should attempt, and what they shouldn't because, and what they can build up to, and what's challenging. So that's that's good. That's nice. Okay, right. Let's move on to some questions. So, hang on. Yes. When we talked, you said it to, to when you said what's the worst and the best animal, and I've got to think about it. You also said what's the most biggest disaster I had with an animal. Oh yeah, of course I did. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> that's all right. Because I I did have a major disaster one time, and what it was, it was my own silly fault because I was doing commission work. Right. And it was through a shop in Canterbury, actually. I didn't meet the customer. It was through, through them. It was the first time I'd ever done it. And I thought, I'll just, you know, push the boat out a bit. So I said, oh, I do these animals, you know. Oh, do you? He said, oh, well, I'll um, see what we can do. Anyway, he sent me a photograph. It was absolutely awful. What was it? What was it a photograph of? It was like, <laughs> well, to be honest, it was so bad I couldn't even recognise the breed. But I think it was a, it was like a cairn or a West Highland terrier, something right. like that. Okay. It was a very bad photograph. Yeah. And when I looked at it, I thought, I can't do this. Anyway, I got back to him and, he's, and he was a bit put out. He said, well, you said you could do it. And I said, yes, but this is an awful photograph. Can you get back to the customer? That's no good. The dog's dead. Oh, no. I said, oh, no. So I had a dilemma. I had a choice of either carrying on and hoping it's going to work out or, which I should have done, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Yeah. You see what I mean? I was in that dilemma. First first time with this particular shop in Canterbury. Yeah. Anyway, I did it. Oh, no. Well, you can guess what it was like. It was absolutely awful. It, I, I didn't like... I mean, I always say to my customers when they bring me, you've got to get a really good photograph. If you get a good photograph, you've got a chance... Yeah. Of doing a good picture. If you get a bad photograph, you've got no chance of doing anything at all. Yeah. Well, it showed. Anyway, it's... the customer didn't like the picture. I didn't get any more business, and that was the end of my Canterbury. <laughs> oh no! I mean, it, it, it could have put me off, but it didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes to show how important the reference picture is, especially in this instance, Absolutely. especially when you're doing commission work. And it says, it says to me that any artist out there shouldn't be afraid to say, actually, I can't work with that picture. You need to give me, you need to give me more. And to be, to be true to themselves and say, actually, if I was to do that, it wouldn't come out that well. You know, it's mm. a lesson learned, isn't it? Absolutely. It's very difficult, though. I used to have, when I had my classes here, students used to come up and say, you know, I've got this picture that someone's asked me to do. Let's have a I said, let's have a look at it. I looked at it as, oh, no, no, that's no good. You can't do that. Oh, but, you know, they want it. I said, look. And I explained the situation as I knew it. And I said, I'll tell you what. Tell them that I told you you couldn't do it. 
oh, that's a good idea, they said. So that's what they did. They used yeah. to go back and say, my art teacher said I can't do it. <laughs> so they got out of it. <laughs> yeah. So all you folks out there in podcast land, if you get the same situation, send it to me. And if I say no, there are. You've got, you can say, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. My art. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I forgot I asked you about that. Yeah, of course. In our, in so our... It was worth, worth listening to, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an experience, isn't it? And it's about sharing your experiences. For, for people to learn from so okay great now let's move on to some questions yeah so the first one let's have a look here uh, i'll start with this one here so this came through facebook and i don't quite know how to pronounce her name ludmilla ludmilla yes i think that's right ludmilla they say mr bradley what size of shapers are best to use for pastel so, right. what what size of shapers? Now they're referring to color shapers, I assume. I think so. Yes. So yes, I think so. With and they say pastel. So pastel in general or pastel pencils? What would you what would what would you say to that? Well, you can use you can use them for pastel. Uh, generally speaking, there are three different kinds of color shaper. Mm. There's a black one which is used for clay, mainly, and that's much too hard for our work. Right. Then you've got the grey, which is ideally used for our work, and you can also use it for watercolour, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, and I suppose you could also use it for clay if you've got a soft clay. And then you've got the white, which is generally used for pastel. That's the white. Right. But we're talking about soft pastel as opposed to the pastel pencil there. Right. So the best kind of shaper, really, for the pastel pencil is the grey. Okay. which we know because we sell it. As far as the shape is concerned, I like the chisel end, as you know. I used to have a round one, I used to have a pointed one, but I never really used them. I always referred back to the chisel, which was in the early days. Yeah. So it was the chisel was the best. And you also know that I use a larger chisel, colour shape, a grey, when I was doing the background of uh, Renoir. Mm. Why, why would you say the chisel's better than the rounded one? Is it because of the effect that it gives or the, the kind of control that you have over it or the way it blends the pen pastel? Yes, the round, if you imagine, if you've got a, you, if you see, well, you've seen me many times use it on the pastel pictures, I use it flat. Yeah. Very often, I just use it flat. Or I can use the corner of it just the edge of the corner. So basically, I've got a flat brush and a, and a pointed brush. Mm. Oh, sorry, colour shaper. Um, whereas if you've got a round one, you haven't got a flat. You've never got a flat area, have you? Yeah. You know, if you have a round one, you haven't got a flat area you can use. It's always on a slight point. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, I think it's always a question of you know trying them out. I mean, they're, they're quite pricey. I mean, four pounds or to have a selection of them. And I felt, well, why do you need them? You know, I one colour shaper, half inch, uh, not half inch, the number two brush that we use is ideal. Yeah. And I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go in. And certainly, I've used the white, and that's useless for the pastel pencil. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so... I hope that, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I think, I think that has. Okay, let's move on. Let's have a look. Well, the next one I have is from Wendy Fisher. And she says, I'm new to pastel pencils. I love your animal portraits and I'm keen to try them myself. What animal do you suggest I begin with? Well, ah, actually, I think, yeah, I, think, I think we answered your question about 15 minutes ago. But you see, but it just goes to show, people do ask me and that's exactly what I want them to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because and the other thing I would like to just as here, if people say, what is the best picture to start with, rather than what's the best subject, I would say, what do you like to do? If yeah. you like to do landscapes, stick to landscapes. If you like to do flowers, stick to flowers. If you like to do animals, stick to animals. I mean, if you find then that uh, you know you're getting good at it, then switch around a bit. But yeah. when you're starting out, stick with something you know you want to do, and you, because you've got much more inspiration and much more keenness on that rather than doing something that I tell you to do just because I've told you to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I usually do say that anyway, you know, what do you like to do first? And when they say, well, I like landscapes, well, then I give them a simple landscape. Yeah. Handled a mill or boats in landscapes, something like that. Mm. Okay. okay. Thanks. Thanks, Wendy, for that question. The next one we have here is from Walter, and he says, Hi, Colin, just been watching your video, Snow and Frost on a Fence. I believe that's on our members' site, um, mm. that exercise. And uh, wondered about keeping a sharp edge on the chromos stick. Would it be possible to use a polychromos pencil instead to sharpen a keen point? Now, what a good question that is from Walter. Mm. And absolutely not. You definitely don't want to do that. And don't do it. <laughs> polychromos pastel pencils, uh, sorry, polychromos pencils yeah. are just normal colouring pencils. I think we've had this once before. They're, they're not in any way linked to the pastel polychromos. Don't ask me why. Faber, in their wisdom, Faber Costello make them. I've got their own ideas about it. It must be a range or something. But mm. they are completely different product. So okay. you definitely don't want to do that. Okay. So polychromos pencils, pastel pencils, don't that's, work. That's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if anyone out there knew that because I didn't. I wouldn't have thought that. I would have no, thought. Well, you wouldn't, would you? Because polychromos pastel, pe sorry, polychromos pencils. Polychromos pastel sticks must be the same product. Hmm. Not a bit of it. Right. A completely different product. So don't use polychromos pencils at all. Stick with the the side or the, the end of the um, polychromos stick to get a sharp. Yes. I do, you can always just use a, a blade or a knife or even some sandpaper to you know rub your stick so you get a flatter and crisper edge to it yeah it can always be done there's always ways of doing it yeah i've done it myself a few times okay okay great okay so thanks for that question walter well that's actually that's that's all i've got for today we've uh, we've whizzed through it it's gone really quick hasn't it <laughs> really you know that's amazing steve it's it's gone quicker here than it is when when i'm here you do it live. <laughs> yeah. absolutely well okay so let, let's call it a day there i hope everyone's enjoyed this live from London and Broadstairs cross city <laughs> podcast and um, we may have to do another one next week so I don't think I'll be back to record another one but then I will be back and we can crack on with some studio work okay so let's call it a day uh, thanks everyone for listening I'm Stephen Bradley I'm Colin Bradley enjoy, enjoy your week. week we actually managed to get that right didn't we we did <laughs> Well, considering we can't see each other, has the sun come out yet? Yeah, you're in. Yeah, actually, just now. Now they go, go and enjoy it.